what exquisite dangers lurk in the darkest, dirtiest corners of our own past. When faced with the fragility of our own mortality, will we as well choose instead to flee? To leap so frivolously from one fear to another? Diving ever deeper into the dankest, coldest depths of the unknown abyss. The tides they are a fickle thing indeed, giving and taking beckoning and welcoming. Follow us deeper and further until we are swallowed whole by whatever ancient malice lurks beyond the comfort of those shallows. Madness is then like a violent undertow, pulling the soft sand from beneath the sunken framework of our mental stability. Will we resolve ourselves to fade away into its primordial winds, or struggle against the current kicking and clawing for reason and doubtful remuneration. Yeah, yeah the hideous end. <laughs> Zeke, you rush down to the docks. Takes you a little bit to get there. Uh, as you approach, you can see everybody loading and unloading, doing their jobs, continuing about what used to be your normal life. They kind of look at you, uh, two of the guys, and uh, you can tell by their faces immediately that it's not good. As well as another face that you don't recognize. But as you enter, you see Mr. Scott talking to this other younger man. He sees you and tells him to wait and comes up and says, Well, look who it is. Zeke's puffing and puffing after, like, just forced gumping it the whole way from from the boarding house to work. Struggling to catch his breath. Uh, uh, uh Mr. Scott, uh, just puffing and puffing, kind of stammering. All right, what'd you do to yourself there? Uh, a bit of an accident, and, uh, I've been laid up for a couple of days now. Yeah, I see. Well, listen, Zeke, you know, uh, turns out that Hoffman fella did claim his merchandise. So you are uh, in the clear there. Uh, I think, you know, given the absence and everything else, I just, I, I, I don't think this is going to be a good fit for us right now. Uh, uh, Mr. Scott, I'm awful sorry. Uh, it won't happen again. Just give me another chance. Again, I, I've already filled the role. So good, good luck to you, son. Let's, let's not make this complicated, all right? as stoic a uh, face as he could muster under the circumstances. He just kind of nods and sighs. Uh, uh, thank you very much, Mr. Scott. Uh, turns and you know, saunters off. Tubs and sweets. Uh, Tubs, do you, you go to Sweets Barbershop that morning? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll start walking, I guess, and then Uh, Sweets, are you opening your shop that morning? Um, you know, right, maybe after we get cleaned up a bit, maybe. Need to be presentable and such. Business is slow. It's been a couple days that you've been closed now. Uh, but after a bit of time and a couple clients, Cops walks in. Hear that door chime. Hey, sweets. How you feeling? Oh, I'm all right. Have you even showered yet? No. I was busy trying to get my car back. Jesus, Stubbs, you stink. Yeah, you got a sink or something I could clean up in. <sighs> go on, go on, interrupt. Where's that nice-smelling soap stuff you got? The one you give to ladies? It's uh, that one on the bottom left shelf. Ah, this should hide it. I kind of, like, do a hobo shower. In the sink, in the bathroom. Okay. I'm going to peek my head, head in while he's doing it. He's like, 
You could use a shower, you know. <laughs> nah, this is faster. Alright. <laughs> Say, did you did you get this letter in the mail? Have I even... Uh, uh, I don't think I've even checked my mail. <laughs> it's weird, it's from like a... Yeah, somebody knows we was down there. Find my mail and give it a read over, murmuring as I read through it. Yeah, it's very, bold. very plain, nice paper. That embossed symbol on the back. I'm sure you have questions. 41 Upton Street. Does it say the same thing as this one? I'm sure you have questions. Right, right, yeah, yeah, right. I don't know, I guess we should go, right? Like, I, I mean, kind of want to just get away from this, but... 41 up. Where, where is that? That's, uh... Is it somewhere I would normally drive around? Uh, you wouldn't normally drive there, but you've got a pretty good understanding of the city. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's somewhere off of uh, Blackstone. It's like uh, east side, very, like, upscale, very nice area. On the outskirts of, uh, you know, north uh, uh, outskirts of the city. Yeah, that's that's a that's a preppy part of town, you know. I think we were kind of just walking from there before <laughs> yesterday. Right, 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 right. I suppose we could go. Maybe, maybe I'll get a new client. You know? Maybe, maybe. Mark Hoffman. Sounds like he's got deep pockets. Isn't that the Hoffman? That sounds familiar. Reason, Bill. Didn't that cop say something about a Hoffman? I'll, uh, if you wanted to, I'll keep your shop open for a little bit. I, uh, I gotta see if I can get some money for this car. <laughs> to get my car back. Yeah, how much money do you need, Toast? Apparently, it's like 200 bucks. <laughs> I know, but I got this, this, remember that pendant thing that I found, that we found? I mean, I could sell it, get my car back, maybe. I don't even know if it's worth 200 bucks. And I go to my cash box and pull out a 50 for him. Oh, right. You, you use this, but you gotta pay me back. No, no, don't worry about it. It's, it's oh, okay. I insist. I insist. Sweets. Come on. I'm not walking to 41 of Dead Street. <laughs> I'll never make it. All right, I'll pay you back. Thanks, uh, Sweets. Just then, Sweets, the phone rings. Good luck. As you pick it up, the voice on the other end of the phone is raspy. Weak. Familiar to you. Oh, Frank, Frank, hey. Hello, Frank. How, how you been? Couple, couple late nights, you know, doing, doing the work. Nothing, nothing yet, but uh, you know, a couple, couple good leads. We're getting to the bottom of it. A few people have seen him. Keep your eyes out. I can't help but feeling like Benny just up and 
Right, right. They kill you, sir. Critical. You guys locate him right now, but be careful. We may be targeted. Hope you feel better, Frank. Uh, don't worry, we'll get to the bottom. Kitty. Frank, you was just talking about. <laughs> okay, no, it's all right. You, you waited too long. Kitty. I know. Yes. What is Miss Augusty doing? Um, she said she was coming into work, so she's she's coming into work. Ooh, okay. I'm trying to think of what. I'm going to bring in the knife and the Odd Fellows book into work with okay. me. I'll leave I'll leave the future journal at home. Okay. Uh is there anything specific you're looking to do at work? Just your um, job or I well she needs to catch up on like whatever work she's missed, but um she is going to be kind of searching through older text to see if she can find any similar like the like the tentacle symbols or even like the logo of the three rings maybe um and also looking into the runes that she had seen uh so a lot to squeeze into yeah. your, your regular day but that's all uh-huh. right. um <laughs> less about reading them all but more about like finding yeah yeah yeah, yeah. make a library use check for me the, and, and thankfully, the library is, is relatively quiet. I mean, most people that come in don't need anything from you. 69. Nice. Nice. Uh, and that's a success. Almost a failure. On a, almost a failure. On a 70, yeah. Oof. So uh, the library, as it typically is, is relatively dark. Your area lit so that you can do work. But, um, you know, the, the natural light will tend to damage the artifacts in the books. So there's not a ton of natural light that enters. Uh, and you're you're pretty much left to your own devices. Most people are kind of avoiding you because they don't want to get sick. You begin to do some digging. Most of what you find on the Odd Fellows isn't so much a detailed history as it is just libraries and, and other collections that were associated with. And a lot of it has to do with cult or supernatural um, things about spirits and ghosts and otherworldly entities and um, things beyond, you know, your, your very classic spiritualism. Black magic and things of that nature. The one thing you do find is that the majority of the references to these collections, and a lot of them were, were sold or, or put to auction uh, right around the turn of the century. And there's very little information about the organization or reference to them, if any at all, past the 1900s. Hmm. Okay. The runes and things like that, you, you try your best to, right? And you, you try to find references and you see that um, some of those uh, Celtic symbols and the, the old Norse symbology and a lot of it looks familiar. And a lot of it has a lot of the same kind of interpretation, protection from from evil and warding and, uh, you know, trying to uh, dispel evil spirits, that sort of thing. But there's no real connection you make there. Nothing, I guess, substantial. Uh, And as far as the knife goes, you can't find anything. Okay, so not much, not much info. All right. Yeah, she is just preoccupying herself. She's going to find, um, I'm going to assume that we probably have, like, some kind of, like, safety deposit box here in the Athenaeum. Or, like, storage area. Uh, there's definitely a storage. It's a basement. Okay. Um, I'm going to put this knife hilt somewhere safe down there. Okay. You bring it down into the basement. Are you, how are you carrying it, just out of curiosity? Are you still, is it wrapped? Is it... I think 
we'll probably, like, she would have had, like, a better way to wrap it here than just with, like, Holly's old shirt kind of thing. Um, or whoever it was. Uh, so, like, put it into a box, I guess. Kind of label it, label it very nondescript so it doesn't seem odd. And carry it on there. Okay. So you carry it down. The basement's always been kind of creepy. It's just, just concrete basement um, poured. So it's not that old stone type structure. I mean, this is all new, made for storage. It's very airtight, uh, but it's it's very dark. And there's a lot of strange artifacts that cast weird shadows across the room. Um, so as you and you're bringing the uh, the box down there, uh, you place it uh, in a nondescript location somewhere amidst other it's ancient Greek artifacts. That you, that, mm-hmm. you know, there's a couple busts and things like that, and you put it you know somewhere. Out of sight, but the, where you know nobody will mess with it. Shit, nobody really cares, yeah. Right, uh-huh. right. Um, and as you turn, there's a shadow standing in the doorway, the stairs behind them, back up to the first floor. You see the shadow of a man. And this time, the eyes catch you again. It's almost yellowish glow. Is what it, what little light reflects off them. It's reflected back at you. Mr. King? He's <sighs> Augusti. So glad you remembered me. You're not permitted to be down here. No. <sighs> A mission. Any luck retrieving my property? didn't find anything down there, just old books. I'm sure you found something. But nevertheless, it doesn't appear you found what I am looking for. Or have we located your brother yet, yes? She does not reply. He pulls his hat down a little bit. Leans against the wall. Any other questions I can answer for you now? Any, anything come to light? Who's Mr. Hoffman? Ah. Hoffman. A necessary evil. But I guess evil is a matter of perspective. You lot, isn't it? We'll just call him a shadow, an after image. <laughs> a man of little consequence. almost pulses as he just stares in that hall he just stands in that doorway and behind you something slips and you hear something like fall to the ground and it startles you and you can't help but turn very quickly and as you look back he's gone Guess I have to meet with Mr. Hoffman now. <laughs> I don't know who to trust. Okay. Right. So you finish up work that evening? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zeke? Yeah, Zeke's back uh, back home after a long day of hat shopping and losing his job. <laughs> Looking through the papers, circling jobs that you can apply to. I could see myself doing that. Maybe that. Fuck the man. Doesn't matter. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess uh, the question is: is you know, it's, are are all of you going to respond to the letter you received? Are you all going to Upton Street tonight? Are you? What is the what is the plan there? You don't have to. No. Zeke definitely would. Yeah, he said he would. 
She's okay. definitely going. Yeah, so you're meeting up with Kitty after she gets out of work? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so Kitty, you leave. Zeke, I guess, would be standing there clutching his new hat. What about the other two? I'm waiting on Pubs uh, to go see if he can liberate his car. Yeah. You gave him $200 to get his car? You gave him $50? Well, 50 is not 200 He's got some, he's yeah, got I'm, some, he's I'm got some on side it. hustle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hoping to find like a, a jeweler or like a, a pawn shop okay sure so you uh, downtown you uh, walk to a, a jeweler uh, as you enter they all kind of look sideways at you um, can I help you yeah sorry I'm looking a little rough uh, I just uh I've had this in my possession for a while now. It's uh, one of my grandfather's, you know? I, I plopped a pendant on the table. Uh, yes, and he puts a, like a white glove on and picks it up with a, um, a like a kind of a pen-like tool. Puts it down on a bit of green felt. And uh, oh, what's, what is the origin? Uh, I don't know. He never told me. Okay, takes out a... But you notice here, there's like a triangle, right? I'm pretty sure it's real. I see. He sort of looks at it some more and... It's quite old. You said you got this from your grandfather. Yeah. You know, when he passed away, he left us kids a bunch of stuff, right? Mm. I thought I'd hang on to it and see if it was worth something. It very may be. It, it may be, but uh, it, it, based on the age, I have to tell you, this it seems like it's something more for museum. It's a bit gaudy. I suppose yeah. we could melt it down, but make some coins out of it or something? Yeah, I don't know. I I don't feel like this is going to be my area of expertise. He kind of looks like nervous. Ah, alright. I just thought I'd check. Hey, thanks for taking a look. What did you say your name was? Uh, Josh. Josh Grimley. Grimly. Like, apprehensively gives it back to you. Yes, well, good luck. Thanks. Uh, what was your name? Have a great day. Sure. He just watches you, just like, just like ignores you and like ushers you out, helps start helping another customer. Oh, shit. He walks out and the guy's name's been on the door the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to do about this then. Yeah, I'll work my way back to Swedes. Hopefully he's closed up shop by now. Yep, get there just as the sign is turning. Hey, it's, uh, I heard you talking to Frank there. It's good to see he's alive. Yeah, he didn't, didn't sound too good, though. Hey, where's your car? You see, the jeweler didn't want to buy this this pendant from me. And, uh, well, yeah, I should give you your 50 bucks back. Uh, I'm sorry, sweets, but uh, we might have to work on this one. Unless we can always just commandeer a car. You could always call a cab. Yeah. I love how these guys don't understand how to use public transit. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I, I, I can't call a cab, but maybe you can. They know my my voice. I suppose we could take the tram. So I think it's kind of an unmistakable uh, face. Definitely my voice. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess I best lead to to Vinny's this this letter. Like I I don't know. Wait, wait, do we have to bring the letter with us? Is this like our invitation? Probably wouldn't hurt. I... I wonder if the other two got one. I mean, I don't know about Kitty, but I don't know why a person that'd be such a snitch would get a letter like this. <laughs> Kitty's ears start burning in the distance. <laughs> Alright, well, time is getting late. I suppose we on our way. Yeah, let's go. Let's hop a train, or if you can successfully hail a cab, I congratulate you. I'm gonna put my coat on and walk out the door. Step in front of the first cab that comes by. Hey, what are you doing? You trying to get yourself killed? Oh, thanks for stopping. We just need your services. I'm gonna, like wave tubs to like get in the car so the guy can't drive away before I like make my way into like the the passenger seat so I can sit nice and close to him. Yeah, I'm just gonna hop in the bag, hold my hand over my face. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus! Yeah. All right, uh, where are you headed? Where where were we headed? Uh, it's uh, 41 Upton Street. All <laughs> oh, right, right. As my associate said, 41 Upton Street. And that voice sounds distinctly familiar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure you'd recognize his face, actually. Kitty and Zeke, outside of the Athenaeum, anything you're talking about on the way there? The same man that visited me in the interrogation cell, the one I told you about, Mr. King. Nah, nah. Who told me about Frank Morelli, he... He was here today. He knows of Mr. Hoffman. He says he's a... a necessary evil, whatever that means. I don't reckon I know quite what he means by that. If you'd met Mr. King, you'd... you'd feel like I would, that maybe Mr. Hoffman's to be trusted. I don't know. He's looking for that stone. The one that I told you about in the vision. Ah, ah. I'm right to say I had your job, huh? I, I remember having a job. <laughs> oh, you got fired. Oh, I'm so sorry. I... I could maybe see if we need, um... A, a janitor? I I don't know. I'd be awful kind here, Bob. I, I can look into it tomorrow. I'm so sorry. Ah, uh, so... I got a letter, and you got a letter. Or now those other fellas got a letter. With my luck, I'm sure they did. I don't know why, but... I can't make heads or tails of any of this now. Neither can I. It's all connected in a way I don't... I don't understand. Okay. So you guys make your way. Everyone colliding. Yes, Kitty, as you, you and Zeke arrive, you step off the trolley and walk a few blocks to... Upton Street. Outside, the night is clear. Um, this is far out of town. The uh, kind of glow from the city um, center permeates the sky. The house is large. This 41, this gated uh, manor. As you stand at the gate, uh, there's two lamps on either side that are lit. You can see the house lit up maybe a few hundred feet from the road up on a slight hill but it looks extremely wealthy these large stone gargoyles like lurching over this uh, these stone pillars that are on either side of this metal iron metal gate at the front and as you approach suddenly headlights 
down the side street. Both will stop right in front of me. Sweets, tubs, you. Oh, great. Pay the 15 cents for your cab ride. I'll give him 20 cents. Give it to Judge, you filthy animal. That was rude. That <laughs> <laughs> was rude. Of course you'd be here. Hey, well, if it isn't the snitch and the weeder. What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Zeke. You're, you're, you're good. Ah, oh, fancy running into your fellows down now. Is that a new hat that you've got there, Zeke? That's right, nice. Ah, oh, oh, that's a sharp eye I got there, fella. What did he message you about anyway? Why are you invited? Well, it just so happens we have an invitation, you know? He says, I'm sure you have questions. Right. Eh, doesn't hurt to get to know another guy. Ah, ah, same fella that had that stuff up in the warehouse, huh? It, that's what it was, sweets. Oh, right, you're right, Tops, you're right. As you all stand there, talking to one another, the Iron Gate kind of creaks open. Sort of average-looking older man in a nice tuxedo. White gloves on, stands at the gate. Hair receding a bit, gray, pulled back, but well, well maintained. Looks at all of you. Yeah, I assume you're here for Mr. Hoffman. Yes, we are, sir. This is the Augusti Group. Uh, yes, yes. That's right. We're with her. <laughs> All Augusti's here. Looks at the four of you. Kind of rolls his eyes a bit. Follow me. Really looking very embarrassed to be seen. <laughs> Knowing I kind of stink, I'm going to stand pretty close to oh, Kiwok. Of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> Zeke looks embarrassed to be an embarrassment. <laughs> and as the gate closes behind you, he has this hooded lantern. You walk up this cobblestone path, heading to this massive, massive manor. The top of this hill. The cobblestone path wraps around in a circle around a and an old fountain. You can hear the water slightly trickling through a slight pool around the center. Big set of heavy old wooden doors. The front a few steps up. And as you step inside, it is just as you had imagined it would be. It, it, it lavish on the interior. These wooden wall panels with bright ornate uh, wallpaper above them stretching out this spiraling staircase leading up to the uh, the next floor. And as he steps forward, he kind of grimaces at the four of you and gestures off to your, your left as you enter. You can see now as you face that direction, this wooden door that has been opened, a sitting room on the other side. You can make out several chairs well lit with a fireplace and you can start to hear it crackle as you enter. There are several large, nice couches lined against the uh, the back wall of the windows, bookshelves filled with books and old pictures and artwork on the walls. Several sconces and two chandeliers hang from the ceiling, uh, despite the fact that everything is incredibly lavish. It is a bit of a mess. There are papers everywhere. Um, there is a uh, bottle of alcohol, uh, what is clearly alcohol, sitting out and open with several glasses on the coffee table in the center of the room. A little bit of light does manage to cascade across the windows. You can see outside it is now pitch black. The window is just reflecting the interior of the room, making it almost seem even bigger in the darkness. Uh, Kitty will take a seat on one of the couches, uh, 
and wait for everyone to enter the room and just say, um, thank you for the invitation, Mr. Hoffman. I know um, I at least have many questions. Uh, I, I, I know Mr. Hoffman. Mr. Hoffman will be with you in just a moment. Oh, oh, this is the butler. Oh, my bad. Yes, yeah. Strike that. Sit down. You can see he walks over. There's another door uh, on the side. Um, you, as you enter, there's a door to the right. Uh, and he goes and raps on it a few times. Mr. Hoffman, your guests have arrived. And as the door swings open, an individual walks out. He is almost well-dressed. He's got a, a vest on with a tie that is fastened, nice-looking clothes. The sleeves are rolled up, though, and the, the button, everything's a little loose at the top. Uh, younger, mid-twenties, curly brown hair and these, these bright brown eyes. He smiles at you with a bit of stubble, uh, but otherwise clean-shaven. Ah, w welcome, everyone. Uh, you, you must be uh, uh, Kitty Hawk, yeah, Augusty? And he, like, rushes over and, and puts his hand out to shake your hand. Uh, yes. He smiles. Yeah. It's a pleasure to meet you. Um, and you, uh, Z Cooper, Spencer Sweets, Teletubbs, right? Yeah. Zeke, Zeke jumps a little bit as his name is spoken. Mm. Puts oh. his hand out, shakes all to, go to shake all your hands. I'm, I'm sorry, are you Mr... Yes, uh, no, no, I'm, uh, I'm Mark Hoffman. Uh, yes, my father's name, I, I am his son as well. I, I, I suppose I, I expected someone a bit older. And I'm gesturing around, like, to the, like, the lavishness. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I can see why you'd, why you'd think that, of yeah. course. Yeah. Uh, no, this, uh, you know, obviously was all, all left to me, um, along with my father's businesses, so we, we do very well. Can I get you anything? Uh, drinks, perhaps? Uh, I promise it was all pre-prohibition, just what we had, so you'd be doing me a favor by helping me get rid of it. Uh, Bourbon, fine. gin? It's fine. Water? Yeah, I'll take a glass of bourbon. Zeke seems nervous at the mention of alcohol, but also seems nervous to refuse. And yeah, but is Ivan? You see, the butler brings over several glasses and puts them in front of you. Um, he also takes one as well. Sits down in uh, one of the chairs that he slides out. As uh, you know, Kitty, you're sitting on one of these couches. He pulls this this chair out from the wall, sits down, and looks at all of you for a minute. So, uh, what'd you find? I'm sorry, how, how were you aware that you're looking for anything at all? Oh, well, uh, I, uh, I guess I don't know where to begin. Um, it how was... How do you our names? Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was my expedition. Uh, you know, I'd hired uh, the, uh, my family on the house on 23 Arsenal. It was uh, part of that group that my father was a part of. And uh, several years ago, he disappeared and there was a cave in there. So I'd hired, uh, amongst others, your brother to uh, help excavate it. Uh, and unfortunately, I hadn't heard anything back. It's been days. And you decided to wait for someone else to investigate? Unfortunately, I was out of town in business. Uh, I just came back and everybody's gone. Um, uh, I got your names from an associate of mine, um, Mr. King. Well, an associate of mine is really an associate of my father's. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm terribly confused. I, uh... I'm well, sorry, who, uh, who listen, I... I... I, I assumed you guys had questions. Maybe I should I should let you go first. But yes, uh, so I am Mark Hoffman, uh, heir to the the Hoffman Empire. My my father, uh, my grandfather actually started many of the businesses when we we first uh, emigrated here, and we were very successful. So that's why I have we have, we're a little bit of you know a little bit of everything. So I'm uh, you know a little little busy nowadays. But uh, you know they were also a member of this uh, this group. You're aware of the uh, the odd fellows. I, 
Your business didn't happen to be in Boston, did it? <laughs> no, no, no. I was in New York. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry, and you said Miss, Mr. Mr. King. I... Oh, hold on. What is his name? I have his name. Yeah, uh, yeah, Harvey. Harvey King. Ah. He was uh, more actually more of an associate of my father's. A consultant for you know my my and I, my father was into a lot of esoteric stuff obviously as you you may have uh, surmised some of it with this odd fellows group and everything there that's uh that's how i know mr king he was associating my father's for yeah as long as i can remember can i get a read on whether this guy's i mean i feel like i believe him but like yeah make a make a psychology check okay it's just, yeah, it's difficult to tell. I, I mean, it's difficult to tell. You feel like, again, he seems believable. He's he's pretty excited to talk to all of you, but he is a little all over the place. But fairly, you know, again, uh, but he seems, he seems, I guess, to put it the best way possible uh, under current circumstances, very normal. I, I hate to inform you of this, but I, I feel like you should be taking this much more seriously. There, there's multiple people dead down there. It's it's very tragic, and and believe me, I, I I do take this very seriously, Miss Augusti, and I'm sorry. Don't please don't let my excitement over being able to speak with you about it. Uh, there are a lot of questions that my father left me with as well. So yeah, you know, please understand that it's not my lack of consideration for the lives of others, and uh, two police officers now as well, in whatever caused that fire. So. It is a, very much a shame, and I too am very concerned about the whereabouts of your your brother. I'm told you're still looking for Gino. Yes, we haven't found him yet. We didn't find anything down there. In fact, it was just strange. Yeah, creepy might be putting it lightly. Well, I, you know, I, I guess you know uh, how far down did you did you get? How did you get out? I, I don't even. I guess I don't. I don't know the full story either. You know, Har Harvey had sent me a message and said, you know, reach out to these people. They were down. They have some answers. But you know, I understand. My my father was a member of uh, this Oddfellows group, which I mentioned. I don't know how much you know about that. I, a little. I I found a book about them down there, but that, that's about it. Actually, I, you know, Miss Augusti, I actually thought you'd be, you'd know, a little more. You being a legacy. I'm sorry, a legacy. Yeah, I'm surprised your your brother never told you. And he stands up and goes over to a small desk in the corner and picks up a photo and hands it to you. And in this picture frame is a photo of what looks like a very similar. You can tell by the structure and the bones and just the older version of Mark. Mm -hmm. Several other men and your mother. Uh, I. I have never seen this photo before. I, I'm sure there must be a mistake. My, my parents are long gone anyway, and and my father was just an engineer, yeah. and my mother, a homemaker. <laughs> this was, was taken many years ago, but no, I assure you, your mother was a uh, was a member of the organization. She helped uh, my father and my in uh, several of his friends with uh, research and uh, excavations over in in Europe. I, I, I I'm really surprised Gino didn't tell you. I would told him. But the rest of you, I don't know, how did you get mixed up in this? Yeah, we was just looking for a missing persons, you know? That's right. I don't suppose one of those blokes you hired is a, a Vinny. Gorichelli, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know, I knew that kid was trouble, but he seemed pretty sincere, wanted to help out. Well, if we can't find him, I think it's going to be a lot more trouble than you thought. Spencer starts <laughs> to like kind of just fiddle with stuff around the office. I mean, you was the one that hired him and all. I did. Yeah, I did. Um, but no no luck finding any of them, huh? Nah, I mean... It's hard to tell. Have you heard anything? Have they reported to you? Takes another drink. Like I said, I came back. I got back yesterday. Took the train from New York. I was informed about the fire, and Mr. King reached out to me. I'm going to get in touch with you. What happened down there? What did what did what did you find? Uh, I'm I'm looking around the the room and everyone just kind of like clocking eye contact. Um, because I I don't know if I'm comfortable revealing everything, but um, 
we found dead bodies. <sighs> There's... It goes very deep into the earth. I, I'm not sure how how much you've been down there, but... I haven't. My... My father and this odd fellows crew, they believed that, and beg your pardon, I, I'm not very spiritual. I'm a, consider myself a man of science, but they had this theory that throughout history, when you looked at religion, that what originally would start as these sort of coexistence and cautious reverence to these greater entities that controlled the aspects of the world around us. Go back to the Babylonians, the Sumerians even, right? And then suddenly this in, uh, a more enigmatic figure would appear, the, uh, your Marduk, your Osiris. And the religion would shift to one of servitude. And when they went back and looked at all these documents and things from from history, they would they they believed that this was the same entity appearing over and over again to try to train humanity in a, in, into subservience, which is crazy, right? When you think about it, absolutely absurd. And so they they believed in uh, many of the other Oddfellows all believed this. So they this that temple down there. Uh, they had, from what I have been able to figure out, uh, were attempting to lock something away to hide it from this entity. But, you know, it was maybe, I was just a boy at the time, 20 years ago now. They went down into that tunnel, into that temple, and the entire place caved in. That was what I hired your brother for, was to help with a team to excavate it so that we could finally figure out what had happened to my father. Based on what you said, him and a lot of his compatriots. Uh... Well, they excavated it. It's mm. open now. Well, not now. I mean, it's it's all collapsed again. I mean, uh, the house sort of fell in on top of it, so. Could I see if he's being genuine? Yeah, go ahead and make a psychology check. Frankly, Mr. Hoffman, I, I feel like we would all agree that that's, it's for the better. I, I, uh, I don't know if I understand what you mean. Uh, who the fuck saw shit? Hold on. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say there was things down there that was tearing people apart. Ah, something gave me a chomp, and I lost my heart. I, I, I don't mean figurative, figuratively tearing people apart either, you know? Hmm. I think so we was just lucky to get out of there. You saw things, is what you're saying. I mean, you know when you see something, and you don't, you're not sure if it's like in your head or not, you know? But. We've been seeing things all week, Mr. Hoffman. Even before we went down there. See, let me... Maybe I can offer some clarity there. And he walks back over his desk and he pulls out this... It's a glass case. And sitting inside is... Um, like a, a piece of wood. The kind you would see in maybe a fish tank. Like driftwood. And on it is that glowing greenish-blue moss. And he just holds it... This stuff was everywhere, right? This was this was the last bit of or last sample I got from the excavation crew. And I actually took it with me to New York to have it tested. Yeah. Yes. That was all yeah. over the walls. Yeah, so apparently, uh, whatever this particular moss is does have a hallucinogenic effect. Now, typically you'd have to imbibe it in pretty significant amount it's uh, there's no uh, from what from what I was told there's no and he's looking at a, a piece of paper that he's got there's no aerosol effect to it but who knows maybe this maybe spores in the atmosphere down there uh, I, 
Mr. Hoffman, I could, told could have you, gotten, we've been could have. seeing things all week before we even went down into the tunnel. So you, yeah. and you didn't have any contact with this beforehand? Not to our knowledge. It still didn't change the fact that, you know, a couple of guys that we knew just got ripped apart, you know? Well, no. But there's also this, and he takes a newspaper over from a couple days ago and drops it down. And you can see this article on the front of this uh, several hunters standing on top of a picture of several hunters standing on top of what is a very large bear. This was living in a cave system underneath the city. They found it just a little north. Well, that makes sense, I guess. I mean, of course, a bear in darkness would want to rip apart anything it sees. You ever come face to face with a bear? I mean, pretty close, I guess. Terrifying. <laughs> that was a bear. Terrifying creatures. I'm going to look at the date on this and see if it matches up with our timeline. Well, your timeline is a little weird. But yeah, it's a little it is, weird, but like, we know what yeah. day we went down. Yeah, it is dated, uh, I guess, two days ago. So at whatever that period is that you would have been mm-hmm. in. It would have been in there. Okay. Yeah. Zeke like looks around nervously for a place to set down his his untouched glass, and then gestures to his bandaged upper arm. Uh, beg your pardon, sir, but what no bear that did that? And sure as heck, what no moss? He was a bug. Looks like a burn. Ah, uh, great big creepy collar, that. Centipede. It's something. Ah, uh, yeah. Hmm. Well, listen, I, I, you guys were down there. I believe you. And I don't want you to think that I don't. I uh, I guess I never gave much thought to the idea that this, you know, this stuff was real. Well, I mean, what you're saying makes sense. It could have been a bear. To be honest, I didn't see anything. I didn't, like, it was so dark down there. But the centipede thing like that, that that's a little weird. It is, yeah, unless, unless it was some kind of hallucination, but... I'm sure you would know, Zeke. So, again, I don't want to call you a liar. But if that's the case, it's even more... I guess even more reason why we got to figure out what's actually going on here. Exactly what do you want from us? Yeah, how do you propose us us to do that? Anything about this? Want is uh, kind of a strong word. I I, I don't know that there's anything really I want from you. I I assumed, or I, I guess that you would... You would want more information from me. Uh, I'm not in this for anything other than looking for my brother. Whether my mother was involved in this at all. So the only lead I have is some odd papers that I found when I cleaned out the storage facility. Any of you guys know who N is? N? Like the letter letter N? The letter N, yeah. It looks like potentially this <laughs> Vinny was hired by someone else to do a little side project of his, of his own. Vinny. <laughs> or I don't know if he was, uh, I don't know what they were trying to do, but he was in correspondence with somebody else. This isn't me, someone in Edgartown. That's in Martha's Vineyard. See, that's interesting. I just shake my head, I don't know. I mean, uh, did, did, I can't think of anybody. Is there an address on it or something? Uh, from what I could find, uh, uh, very little. Um, as far as an address, I just I, uh, all I have is Edgartown. I mean, it's 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 a lead for us, in a way. I have an idea. We know what Vinny was up to. <laughs> yeah. Again, he may have had his own uh, illusions, but whoever this end character was seemed. Pretty interested in what uh, what my father was hiding down there. Actually, the but I don't have much correspondence beyond the couple telegrams I found. Are you still in touch with Mr. King? <laughs> you know, Mr. King's uh, kind of an odd, odd duck. Um, my family is very well off. You know, we did very well for ourselves, and we're very fortunate, uh, as were many of my my father's friends, but. Mr. King is on a whole, whole other level. He's, he seems to have endless resources. 
just kind of does whatever he wants to do. But I, I can, I can try to reach out to him. I, I wouldn't recommend that. He, he contacted us when we were being questioned by the police in regards to the first disappearances. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> you know, money can do anything in the city. Yes, that's exactly what I'm afraid of. I, I don't think he's particularly fond of you. Well, you know, uh, probably makes sense. I mean, Mr. Mr. King is, uh, you know, with my father, was uh, into all this uh, spiritualism, this mysticism stuff. Yeah, again, I uh, have sort of made it a hobby of mine to debunk it. So if you want to know what I want, Miss Augusti, that's what I'd like to do. But first, we got to find your brother. So I guess what I propose is, why don't you four come work for me? Help me solve this thing. You see, we, we, we kind of got a job, too already to, to, to find Benny, you know? So, uh... They already have. Well, listen. Here's what I know. And I'm not... I'm not an idiot. I know you and Morelli got a thing going. He helped you get your medallion. Which has turned out not so great for you. Right? I know some people. I know the mayor. I can pull some strings. Oh, no. He not said only, the magic words. Not only can I get your car out of the impound... I can get you the real deal. And in the interim, you work for me, I'll give you 80 bucks a week. Eh, uh, I mean, the thought of my car getting out's kind of nice, but uh, Sweet. there could be certain consequences to this. Same thing, <laughs> I get it. Partner ran off, took a bunch of the money, you had to take out some loans from wherever you could get them. But I can help you own that building. I can get you guys out under Morelli's thumbs. Spencer's mustache just kind of twitches, but he doesn't really say anything. It's still just kind of moseying around. Mm. Listen, it's up to you. You guys can all walk out of here and go back to your... whatever your lives are outside of this. I'm fine helping you research everything, but I... I must... assure you, Mr. Hoffman, I don't think any of us are willing to return down there, and... What we saw was very real. Well, if that's the case, Kitty, then more important that we figure out what it is. But the reality is it's going to take me years to probably get that place to a point where we could re-excavate it again. In the meantime, maybe I can get you guys out to Martha's Vineyard, see if we can track down whoever this end character is. You know, if it gets us closer to finding Vinny, I'm okay with extra work. Uh, Bates going back to Grand Flax. Ah. Huh? <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with a side job here and there. I mean, it's who Vinny was talking to, right? This end character. Good chance that maybe maybe we find your brother there as well. Yes, I'll, I'll help you. It's fine. She still looks like very hesitant, like after meeting with this guy, not what she expected. Lot of lot of doubt. Inner expression. That's all I'll say. It's good to be incredulous. But there's something about you four. And you managed to go in there and come out where nobody else did, not even my father. So if you believe in any of this mysticism stuff, you guys got it. I, I think I'm going to have to request that I get my car out of the pound, though. Uh, you know, up front. Because uh, we wouldn't have got arrested if... Uh, <laughs> You know, it was your warehouse that we got arrested for. Well, that's a, it's a bit of a stretch uh, because that's not why your car was impounded, but... <laughs> but it's why they cut. I like the gumption. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes over and he, he writes a letter. He starts writing at his desk, hands it to the butler. You see that this gets to uh, the mayor in the morning? I understand that this is all probably very strange. For you guys. But this has been the last 20 years of my life, is trying to understand what my father was involved in. Whether this stuff is real or... <laughs> I mean, nowadays, everyone's a mystic, right? Everyone's got some... Um, there's a, was apparently some woman in Russia who can bend spoons... Or some man in Russia who can bend spoons with his mind. Every day, some new illusionist or magician pops up, claiming to have supernatural powers. It's all a bunch of smoke and mirrors. My father dedicated a good chunk of his life to this. And several others. He starts pointing at some of the, the pictures on the wall. 
It's easy to get worked up in things you don't understand. That's true, right? A lot of this was 60 to 100 years ago. Look how far the world's come in such a short amount of time. (laughs) Uh, The picture that he had showed me of my mother, was that like loose or was that on the wall in a frame or? It was on his desk in a frame. It was on his desk in a frame. I I think Kitty uh, walks over and picks it up and is just looking at it while we're all speaking. Make a spot hidden check. Yeah, for sure. Nope. So I think the, I I don't know that Kitty has very many pictures. No, oh no. Um, And it's odd to see, she's young, you know, maybe late teens, early twenties, but it's, it's your mother standing there with all these strangers smiling at what seems to be a dig site or the entrance to some sort of stone building. Uh, is there any symbols that look familiar? Just on the, the stonework? Just the one, and it's not on the stonework, uh, but it is on. Uh, they are they are uh, one of the the gentlemen that looks like Mark is holding a book that has that triangle with the three linking rings. Mm. Well, twin, twins do run in the family. I, I, I don't know. Hey, uh, I, I, I did find this. I pull out the golden artifact. May I? Yeah. I hand it over. Holds it. Takes it in his hands. Just kind of stares at it a little bit. Any ideas? I mean, I tried selling it, but uh, they said it was more for like a museum or something. Very old. Um, would have belonged. Uh, I haven't seen. I haven't seen one of these in some time. Uh, I guess he, he goes over to his, his desk and he opens a drawer and he pulls out another one that's identical to it. So the, these were there weren't very many made, uh, but they belonged to the whoever the current heads the Oddfellows group were at the time, um, and they they date back to the 17th century. They were passed down from head to head. That's interesting. But there were there were only ever three. There were only ever three individuals that were that had them at any given moment. There were only three in existence. So you have one. I got one. Where's the other one? Uh, it's a funny story, actually. So the some point in the uh, records are a little off, but uh, early eighteen hundreds. About 100 years ago or so, uh, there was a split in the group. Some wanted to continue to fight against whatever this crawling chaos was, right? This um, entity that they believed was uh, trying to make slaves of all humanity for some higher power. And uh, others thought that it was better off that if they were aligned with it, they could control humanity. And we, you know, many of the many of the individuals that are part of this organization were all also very wealthy and well off, and a lot of their businesses had done very well for themselves. And uh, you know that has a a way of uh, changing people's outlooks a bit. Yeah, and so it seems to be the case. And the the group split. So the third one actually is gone is missing. Left with the head of that organization. So what should I do with this thing? Well, hold on to it. I mean, if the <laughs> the I guess, or you know, you can you can give it to me. But the um, you know, according to the text, it's good luck it's meant to protect the wearer. So is it oh. supposed to go around your neck or something? I mean, that's where we found it. <laughs> it's, it's it's a pendant. That's that's where they go. You put them around your neck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not too good at the fashion, you know. He looks at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Making so, it work. So what do you say? We have a deal? I mean, what do you think, Sweets? I mean, it it does get us closer to Vinny, right? I'm not just kicking dirt. It does get your car back. Kind of nice. I mean, that could help us all. I'll be honest, I would have uh, tried to negotiate for a newer car, but... <laughs> my... What do you mean? It's a, it's a nice car. It's a nice car, yeah. 
Got to tape up the window. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Zeke, what about you? Well, what does Zeke get on this? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it just so happens I'm looking for a job. I'm not sure that I'm qualified for investigating and researching, but yeah. Yeah, uh, Zeke, by the way, $80 a week is uh, what the average family made. Yeah, Zeke's definitely trying to play yep. it cool. Like, mm -hmm. like he isn't a total bumpkin in a rich man's house. It's not like you'd be. Uh, it's not like you'd be ex extraordinarily wealthy, but it's it's significantly better than what you were getting, which was probably closer to five dollars a week. Well, then I say, I, I say, throw in that bottle of bourbon, and we got a deal. Be careful with that; it can get you in trouble. I'm sure it won't last long. He nods and he puts his hand out to shake it. Shake your hand. All right, thanks, Hoffman. Of course. Excited to get to the bottom of this stuff. Of the bottle of bourbon? <laughs> Damn it. No, no. <laughs> but help yourselves. <laughs> we'll get to the bottom of it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hideous End, brought to you by Negative 2 Charisma. If you're enjoying the series, consider watching some of our other content on our YouTube channel or by catching us live over at twitch.tv forward slash negative two charisma. Uh, Hideous End is played using the Call of Cthulhu 7th edition rule set from Chaosium. If you're interested in running your own games, then head over to chaosium.com and pick up all the guides and supplements yourself. Much of the audio for this episode is brought to you by Tabletop Audio. Tabletop Audio is the premier user-supported ambient audio system. You can go there and download tracks for free, set up playlists, or join their Patreon and get alternate versions of their already massive free library. Our players this evening were Ben, Chris, and Curtis as Zeke Cooper, Spencer Sweets, and Telly Tubbs, and of course the wonderful Adelaide Gardner as Kitty Hawk Augusti. I am your keeper for the series, Jason Dean, and you can reach all of us over in our Discord or on Twitter, at Neg2Charisma. Until next time, stay safe out there, if you can't.